Have you ever heard anyone say, you know, just trust in the universe? The universe is protecting you. The universe is going to get you that job. Just trust in the universe. Give yourself over to the universe. I saw this reel recently, and uh, it kind of gives you this theology of your dream. The universe. The universe will always kind of hold up. I got a feedback here. Here is the clip right here. Sorry about that. Your dream. The universe will always kind of confirm this to you in a way that you're just going to know that you're on the right path. It's going to give you signs and it's going to open up doors and you're just going to know you're going to feel that, oh my God, I am on the right path. And when you're on the wrong path, it is also going to give you signs. You're going to just feel it energetically, you're going to be like, something is off. You're going to keep doing things and it's not going to work. The doors are going to keep shutting down in your face. People are going to reject your ideas. Everything around you is going to show you that you are going in the wrong direction. And it's your job to be aware of what's happening. If you're facing challenges and difficulties and everything is just, just too difficult, like it's not supposed to be that difficult. And it is. It's a sign that you are going in the wrong direction. So stop, take a minute, and just look inside. Look for the answers. And what I do is also I ask for a sign from the universe. Like, if I'm on the right path, show me a specific sign. I don't know, show me a blue flower, show me a feather, whatever. But be very specific. And choose something that you don't really see every day. Ask for a sign, and you will always receive it. And if you don't, you know. You know that you're on the wrong path. I have a theory that when you are on the right path, when you are pursuing your dream, the universe will always. So that's what's going on here is the universe. This has become really popular and the universe has become a euphemism for God. People rightly want to believe, want to have the assurance that there is someone, not a somewhat, there is someone out there who loves you. There's someone out there who cares for you. There's someone out there who can guide you through the complexities and the difficulties of this life. But they will not consent to the word G-O-D. They will not say, trust in God. Pray to God. Instead, they'll say, give me some vibes or, you know, give me some good thoughts that the universe will provide X, Y, Z. Help me with my rent. That the universe will help my daughter. Trust in the universe. There's another one that came up. This is pretty popular. And uh, this is a similar reel. This is a guy explaining to you this. See, you can't say theology because theos in Greek, theos means God. This is a universeology. I'm going to explain why this is wrong, why this is dangerous from the teachings of St. Paul in Romans chapter 1. But here is this guy right here. The universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe gives you who you are. People misunderstand that. They think the law of attraction is being obsessed with what you want. But no, if you want something, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. The universe will reflect to you 
what you are. And Beckwith calls this the law of mm. resonance. So you got to become mm. that which you seek to be. Now, lofty questions works because it's actually getting you there. So when you ask a question such as, why do I have the fit muscular body of an athlete? You're tricking your subconscious by shifting your identity. And you will find that the universe will start to reflect that. If you ask yourself a So he's saying, if I, Taylor Marshall, ask myself the question, why do I have such an amazing physique? I will trick my subconscious and the universe will give me that amazing physique. Do you believe in that? I'm going to give you a good conversation piece for when you run into people who talk about this. But let's, let's continue what he has to say. Here we go. Universe will start to reflect that. If you ask yourself a question, why am I so kind and compassionate to everyone around me? Or why do I only eat healthy foods? Or why am I so brilliant at being an entrepreneur? You're shifting your identity at a fundamental level, almost like self-hypnosis, and the universe will start to reflect that. And your life... The universe will start to reflect. Who is this universe? Your life will start accelerating and changing at a really rapid pace. This is actually the most effective manifesting technique I know. But if you sit down and you hope and you hope and you try to focus your mind on one thing over and over and over again, doesn't mean you're going to get that. The universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe gives you who you are. People miss Wow. The universe gives you who you are. This is mumbo jumbo. This is nonsense. This is people running away from God and tricking themselves. He even uses the word hypnosis, self-hypnosis, into thinking that they can manifest things in by asking these questions. Why do I only eat healthy foods? And all of a sudden, you're only eating healthy foods. Someone hands you a can of Pringles, you're like, the universe, maybe the universe would present, would, would make cans of Pringles just disappear if you ask the right questions. All of this is ridiculous. And yet, if you go on to, for example, anywhere in social media, particularly Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I just, before the show, scanned over at YouTube to see what was going on in the realm of the universe discussions. And uh, I found some interesting, interesting things. So, you know, do you see the signs of the universe right here? And there's a lot of shorts here about it and the secret of the universe. And uh, here's one, how to ask the universe before sleep. All right. Life after awareness, how the universe tests you before your reality changes. I once met a guy at a coffee shop who was into this. And he was talking about how with the universe, his, all of his um, biological matter was going to be replaced and his blood was going to be replaced and all of this. And it is mumbo jumbo. It's people not wanting to talk about God and they replace it with the universe. And if you meet someone like this and say you're at work, maybe it's a family member and they talk about. I'm really just trusting the universe for a new job. Or I just, you know, I got to manifest this into the universe to get it back. You might be tempted to ask the philosophical question, what is the universe? 
But I would challenge you, if you're in that conversation, look the person in the eye and say, who is the universe? Who is the universe? Who are you talking about when you say, just trust in the universe or the universe is going to manifest this gift for us? Who? They probably don't have an answer. They're using, most likely if they were raised in America and the West, they're using all of the theological inheritance of Christianity and then they are rewrapping it with a container instead of saying God or our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, they're using the universe as a euphemism for God. If you said to me or to you, who is God? I would say God is the creator. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God the Father sent his only begotten Son in the world to save sinners for those who receive that atonement, blood atonement on the cross. We receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can go on and on and say, who is God? There's no one who can fully contemplate who or what God is. But as Christians, we have a pretty developed understanding of who is God based on God's self-revelation to other people. But the universe, which has really become popular in the last five years, there is no philosophical or theological content to that. It's people wanting the assurance of religion, of prayer, of accountability, of reward, chiefly. Notice none of these people often say, the universe is going to punish you. The universe always seems to be doing good things. It's a lucky, lucky kind of thing. So I want to ask you, have you heard of people in your family, friends, work circle? <clears throat> do they talk about the universe and how do you handle that? So I'm going to go to the live chat and we'll do some Q&A discussions live here with everybody on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. But I'm also going to read from Romans chapter 1. And that's going to be our springboard for this discussion theologically because St. Paul in Romans 1, he talks about not just the role between creator and creation, but how it relates to human sin, and in particular, how it relates to homosexuality in this context. And I think that perhaps the rise of the universe discussion and the rise of socially accepted homosexuality are connected because St. Paul connects them. And I think that might be a really good epiphany for us as we look at this. So Romans chapter one, Paul introduces himself. He's, he's an apostle. Um, he's there to proclaim the gospel of God. And then he gets into the problem that all humans experience. And he says this applies to the Gentiles and to the Jews. So whether you were originally in the covenantal relationship from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then re-ratified in Sinai with Moses and King David with the temple in Jerusalem, or you were born way out east or in South America or Australia or wherever, there is this human condition, this problem. And he says in verse 17, the justice of God is revealed therein from faith unto faith, as it is written, the just man liveth by faith. 
And he says, because that which is known of God is manifest in them, that is human persons, in them, for God has manifested it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. His, that's God, God's eternal power, also in his divinity, so that they are inexcusable. So time out, let's pause here. What is St. Paul saying? Paul is saying that all humans, whether you're Jew or Gentile, the invisible things about God, his power, his divinity, are made manifest, he says, clearly seen in the creation that he has made. This is why Christianity, in particular Catholicism, has said that one of the preambles of faith, St. Thomas Aquinas teaches this, one of the preambles of faith is that there is a God, that monotheism is true, and that he governs the universe and he rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked. This is manifested simply by looking at creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, the ocean, the seasons, the Grand Canyon, a beautiful river, a baby, the intricacies of the eyeball, all of these things a human person can look at. And from these things that are made, can see that there is a God. You might know it as the watchmaker thesis. If you were walking in the desert and you saw a beautiful golden Rolex in the sand, you would conclude that a watchmaker made this watch. <clears throat> it would be ridiculous to think that there must have been gold pieces of sand that swirled around and hit each other and began to forge into what looks like a watch, and then the gears inside would forge out of little pieces of gold in the desert that come together and it would all fit together and keep perfect 24-hour time. No. It is reasonable to conclude that there's a watchmaker. That's what St. Paul is saying here. And then he says, because that when they knew God, this is human persons, when they knew God, they have not glorified him as God or given thanks, but became vain in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. So people through the watchmaker conclusion, realize, okay, there's a God. But they don't glorify God and they don't thank him. And I, I want to remind you here, if you look at the words of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, glorifying God and thanking God are the key actions of humans towards God. We glorify God, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we thank God. We give thee thanks, almighty God. The word, the Greek word for the Mass, Eucharist, Eucharistia, means giving thanks. That is the core of what it means to be a worshiper of God. And so he says, when people didn't glorify God and they didn't thank God, they became vain in their thoughts. What does vain mean? Prideful. 
shallow, weak, thin, fragile. And their foolish heart was darkened. St. Paul says that. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, Paul says. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the likeness of the image of a corruptible man and of birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Paul is saying here that when you forsake the knowledge of the true God, you don't glorify him, you don't give him thanks, you begin to worship not the creator, but the creation. That might mean that you're like an Egyptian and you worship these animal-headed gods. It might mean that you worship Zeus. It might mean you worship the elephant head god, Ganesh, in India. It might be, mean that you worship the fox or any animal that you choose. Or it may be you're a little bit more sophisticated, you're more new age. You just worship creation or the universe. See how this pulls us back into today's topic? Verse 24, therefore God gave them over to the desires of their heart unto uncleanliness to dishonor their own bodies amongst themselves. St. Thomas Aquinas says that when a person becomes prideful, God humbles themselves in the most carnal and ugly way, which is usually sexual perversity. So when someone is lofty-minded, prideful, puts himself above other people, vain in their thoughts about God, God gives them over. Verse 24, God gives them up to the desires of their heart, to uncleanliness, to dishonor their bodies. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever Amen. Verse 26, for this cause, God delivered them up to a shameful affections. And here comes lesbianism. Are you ready? Did you know lesbianism was in the Bible? Here it is. Verse 26, for this cause, God delivered them up to shameful affections. For their women have changed the natural use into that which goes against nature. Verse 27, here comes male homosexuality. Verse 27, and in like manner, the men also, leaving the natural use of women, have burned in their lusts one towards another. Men with men working that which is filthy and receiving in themselves the recompense which was due to their error. So here's the domino fall. First off, according to St. Paul, All humans, as they perceive the beauty of creation through the watchmaker argument, conclude there is a watchmaker, there is a designer, there is an architect, there is an engineer, that is God, and he is one. Through their vain thoughts, they don't glorify God or thank God for what he's done. And so they are handed over to the desires of their heart. This says Paul, leads to women abandoning their proper sexual use and orientation 
and then men abandoning their proper sexual use and orientation. And they receive in themselves, Paul says, the recompense that was due to their error. <clears throat> so when you reject the distinction, the proper understanding of creator and creation, it inverts male-female as well. Does this explain to you why in our time, when there's a complete rejection of God and his morality, and there's the worship of creation, we now have an inversion or perversion of male-female? It's all right here in the Bible, Romans chapter 1. Verse 28, And as they like not to have God in their knowledge, God delivered them up to a reprobate sense to do those things which are not proper. Being filled with all iniquity, malice, fornication, avarice, wickedness, full of envy, murder, contention, deceit, malignity, whisperers, detractors, hateful to God, contemptuous, proud, haughty, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, foolish, dissolute, without affection, without felicity, without mercy, who having known, here's Paul here, not me, Paul, for having known the justice of God, they did not understand that those who do such things are worthy of death. And not only them that do them, but also they that consent to them that do them. End quote. End of Romans chapter 1. St. Paul. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In other words... If you reject God and worship creation, if you reject God and worship idols, the universe, totem poles, pachamamas, the created realm, God hands you over to degradation in the body. And he says that has to do with women losing their proper sexual orientation and men losing their sexual orientation. And then that leads to a whole cascade of many other sins in verses 29, 30, 31. And then Paul says, and that those people are worthy of death. And not only the people that do those things, but to the people who consent to those people doing those things. So you may say, well, I'm not that way. I don't do that. But I think it's fine for them to do that. Watch out. Romans 1.32 is for you. So you can see here that the inversion of God in the universe or creator and creation is a fatal philosophical mistake, theological mistake, and it has wide implications for morality and for culture. And it's intimately tied to male female relation or unrelation, as you see in Romans chapter one. All right, I'm going to jump into comments and questions and looking forward to seeing what y'all have to say. Tina says, most parents don't realize how bad the education system is until the child has been totally taken over by their satanic agenda. It's interesting, you know, we generally, not totally, but we generally as Christians do not trust the government when it comes to a myriad of things. More and more, our health care, our foods, 
But even more critical is our minds, our thoughts, our education. And we as Christians have to be increasingly careful about who is teaching our children and what they are teaching them. So, Tina, that's a very good point. Thank you for sharing that. For a future podcast, can you talk about how Prince William is thinking of separating the church if he becomes king? Also, the UK are having debates about if we really need religion at all. The UK officially has been off the rails since Henry VIII, and they started their own Church of England. I mean, the Church of England itself is apostate, heretical, and dangerous. And it's founded by Henry VIII and Archbishop Thomas Cramner. Villains, absolute villains. So whatever Prince William does, it, it might make things a little bit worse. But until the United Kingdom submits to Jesus Christ in the one true church, all bets are off. It's no good. It's no good. All or nothing. Somebody wrote Joe Rogan, alien snake. As you know, if you watch the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, alien apparitions, if they are real, are always and everywhere demonic. Even Paul calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. <clears throat> Cheryl Oster, I'm just listening from the beginning. The universe thing just bothers me so much. It's God. Exactly. You know, the universe is not a thing or a person. It is a sophisticated, not even sophisticated, it's a euphemism. It's a puppet. It is a mask that people put over the concept of God so that they can get the fuzzies and the warm feelings about a God who cares without engaging with the one true living God, Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So, yes, thank you, Cheryl. 100% agree with you. John Wick, Taylor Marshall, you sound back to normal. Pray for your complete recovery. Thank you. I still got a little bit of tickle cough. It will come back every once in a while so far today. So good. Loving it. Thank you for all your prayers. Really do appreciate it. I'm kind of curious. I haven't seen many people in the comments so far. Have you encountered people at work or school or at home or family who talk like this? I hear it more like coffee shops. You know, my immediate family doesn't believe in the universe, but it is becoming more popular. You know, send me your good thoughts instead of pray for me. Send me your good thoughts. I don't know what that means. Like I take a good thought and just sort of throw it out into space and then it hits you. Oh, I got your good thought. Because prayer is using rational human language to ask God for a favor. Prayer is very simple to understand. <clears throat> Send me your good thoughts. What's that? And then the universe. Why not just say God? Because the whole concept of God brings with it morality and they don't want the morality. <clears throat> Q 
Here is someone here. Okay, I would argue that the universe, in the sense of magical thinking, thought, thoughts are things, the secret is actually Satan. Ooh, taking it to a different level here. <clears throat> Those techniques work, but I don't think it's God, like Ouija boards. Yeah, you have to, you have to remember that Satan cannot answer a prayer. Even when people say, I sold my soul to Satan in order to become whatever, John Lennon, Elvis Presley, you know, some Lady Gaga, whatever. I saw, if someone says, people say, I sold my soul in order to become like that. You have to realize that Satan does not, is not omnipotent. He really doesn't have the power to give those things. And people who have done those deals and have been redeemed, they, Satan, they always say Satan is not an honest barterer. He never fully really gives you what you expected or what you wanted. So we can't say that these things actually do work, especially when you're asking for things. Let's say you're asking for a relationship or anything that's illicit, like drugs or, you know, sexual favors or anything like this, and you're appealing to the universe, when you're outside the moral code, when you're outside the Ten Commandments, you now have a whole different bag of tools to accomplish your ends. And really sinful people who have adultery and rape and lying and cheating in at their disposal can accomplish wealth, fame, all kinds of things. Why? Because they're willing to cheat. But there's always a downfall. There's always a downfall. Often we see variations of that downfall in this life. But there is the judgment day in which Jesus Christ, not the universe, Jesus Christ, the historical man born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried, sent it into hell, rose on the third day, sent it to the right hand of the Father. That same person the eternal logos will judge Taylor Marshall perfectly in every thought that I've ever thought in my mind for every work that I've ever done. And for every word that I have ever spoken on this microphone or anywhere else in the world and to my own shame, to my parents, my wife, my children, everything that did not come with proper intention or even came with malice or contempt or anger, I will be judged and held accountable perfectly by Jesus Christ for every single one of those thoughts in my mind, actions, and my words. It's a terrifying reality. But we also believe that the judge is also the savior. He's the one who died on the cross to redeem us from those sins. So he's, it's not going to be like Jesus says, you know what? The sins are no big deal. Don't worry about it. Let bygones be bygones. No, 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 no. He's going to make an account for every thought, word, and action that I've ever done. And then he's going to explain that if I die in a state of grace and I'm completely sanctified and conformed to him, you did this, you thought this, you said this, but on the cross at this moment, I paid for that. This drop of blood at this moment paid for that. My prayers and my sufferings, 
my intercession for you, Taylor Marshall, on the cross paid for this mortal sin, this venial sin, this imperfection, this selfishness, this malice, this anger, this contempt. That's the reality of believing in God. The universe, what does that even mean? It means nothing. It's kind of like saying, look, you're at Vegas and you're like, you know what? I feel my luck. I'm going to win this hand or I'm going to throw the dice and I'm going to win the craps. The luck, luck, that's baloney. That's nothing. Lisa says, my therapist, who also had a sacred circle of women and professed being of love and light after 11 years and God's continual whisper in my heart, I went back to the church and the traditional Latin mass. Amen. Good. Yeah, you don't need to be in a a sacred circle or be love and light. You need to be the human person, a child of Adam and Eve, the way God designed for you to be as a disciple of Jesus Christ. David says, what is ego edging God out? Interesting. All glory to God, people are saying. God is a God of order. The reliance on the universe as a God is reliance on chaos for your soul and the future. That's a good point of view. And in case you're just joining us, you're joining us a little late, I want to challenge you that when people in your life say the universe this and the universe that, don't say what is the universe because they're not going to be able to answer that question. Say who is the universe? Who is the universe? All right. If you haven't liked this video, please take a moment. I'd really appreciate it. You are my algorithm. You are my friends in the social media sphere. And uh, this dissing and trashing the universe theology philosophy isn't probably going to be a real hot topic on YouTube or Twitter today. So, but if you would like people to hear this message and to maybe question the universe, please take a moment, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, but share this video in two places. Share it on Facebook if you're on Facebook, share it on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Those are really good places to get the word out. And also, if you want to get a little bit deeper in theology, we've talked about St. Thomas Aquinas today. We talked about, you know, we've kind of got into uh, the cosmological argument, the teleological argument. If you want to study Thomas Aquinas, learn about philosophy, learn about Thomism, I have a full course called uh, Philosophy and Thomistic Studies, and I offer it over at the New St. Thomas Institute, also known as NSTI. We've had a lot of new students and members sign up in January, and we have a special thing going right now where you can get all 10 courses. You get the course in philosophy, but we have courses on the Latin Mass, the Bible, Old and New Testament, apologetics, philosophy, our newest course, apocalyptic studies. And if you sign up now, you get all 10 courses. It's a great deal. Um, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students Uh, traditional Catholics. There's a great community in there and a lot of great content. And I'll be your teacher, Dr. Taylor Marshall, and you can earn your certificate in Catholic philosophy. So you can begin today if you go to nsti.com, nsti.com, sign up and start taking 
the courses. There is no semester or year-long commitment. You can study as much or as little as you like. We recommend 30 minutes a week will keep you on track. That's what we really encourage our students, and that's pretty much doable for everyone. And, of course, you can do more. You can do 30 hours a week if you like, but uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of video courses led by me. So I'd encourage you, if you're interested, just go over to nsti.com and see what we have to offer. And also, I appreciate everyone who supports my work over at Patreon. And if you would like to continue to support, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Marshall. And there's different Patreon levels, and I'll give you thank you gifts based on your level of support. Um, send you a rosary, send you some of these books, autographed. I sign the books and send them out to you. So if you want to help support the work that I'm doing online, for example, debunking the universe, support me at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I'm a very blessed man to have people who financially support me writing books, making videos and recording podcasts. So I thank all of you. I show my gratitude to all of you who are currently Patreon patrons. Thank Patreon patrons. Thank you very much. All right. Why don't we say a prayer? And we're going to pray the Our Father. Because when we talk about who is God, we begin, I believe in God the Father. That is the best place to begin. The universe is abstract. God, Father. Personal. He eternally begets or eternally generates the Son. And the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, proceeds from the Father and the Son. He is the eternal love, the personified love, says St. Augustine, between the Father and the Son. So much so that he is the third person of the Blessed Trinity. So we're going to pray as Jesus taught us. When the Apostle said, how do we pray, Jesus? He says, pray like this, the Our Father. Oremos. Nomini Patris, et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, Sancti Viceter Nomen Tuum, Adveniat Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Cielo et in Terra. Panam Nostrum Quotidianum da Nobis Hodie, et Dimite Nobis Debita Nostra, Sicut et Nos Dimitimus Debitoribus Nostris, et Nenos Inducas in Tentationem, Sed Libera Nos Amalo. Amen. Mighty God, we ask that you would lead people to truly know you through Jesus Christ. Those that are confused by contemporary false philosophies, new age, paganism, the occult, we ask that you would send graces into the world to draw all men to Jesus Christ and to know you as he is revealed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks for watching. If you want to find a home in a place in the world or in the country that's more conservative, you want to find Catholic schools, traditional Latin mass, I encourage you to go to realestateforlife.org. I trust them. These are the people that I have been promoting and working with for many years now. Real Estate for Life are pro-life people. They are people who share our same values, and they have helped countless people in my audience sell their home wherever they are in the world and buy a home in a new place. So if you want to move to, say, Texas, where I live, have Catholic schools, traditional Latin mass, conservative neighbors, or anywhere. Other places are great too. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Tennessee, 
I'd encourage you to go to realestateforlife.org and they can help you get connected with the proper agent in your area and move to that place where you want to be. So uh, check them out, realestateforlife.org and tell them you heard about it at the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. Thanks for watching. And remember our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. And thanks for the prayers. I'm feeling much better, not because of the universe, but because Almighty God.